It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode number 545 of Locked On Raptors for Saturday, July 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On NBA network, as well as the entire Locked On podcast network for team-focused shows and all the teams you like, and national shows, Locked On NBA in particular, is a show that you might want to tune into because some stuff has gone down. And if you want to hear about all the stuff that's gone down in the NBA, please listen to this corresponding Locked On shows and uh, subscribe, rate, review at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya, and more, and we'd very much appreciate it. Okay, let's get into it. On today's show, Kawhi Leonard is going to the LA Clippers. Uh, Yeah, this sucks a little bit. I woke up at about 10 a.m. I was dead tired last night, went to bed around 1, and apparently I went to bed like an hour early because all the stuff broke and I, when I woke up this morning at like just before 10 o'clock, I was a little scared to check my phone. I was like, do I want to check this? Is there going to be anything on Kawhi? I know we've been watching Kawhi's planes and everything for the last 24 hours. Am I, like, is this, am I ready for this? And I didn't really think I'd, I wasn't expecting to see anything. And then I picked up the phone and I had 10,000 notifications. And so let's dive into all of what it means so Kawhi Leonard's going to the Clippers along with Paul George which is fucking crazy uh, pardon my French but oh my god that came out of nowhere and I guess it lines up with what Brian Windhorst in particular has been saying all week long that the Clippers are going to try to swing a deal for a star Bradley Beal was the name thrown out all season lo- like all summer long but it ends up being Paul George out of nowhere for a package of Shea Gilgis-Alexander and like a thousand picks and Danilo Gallinari as well. So credit to the Clippers for pulling off that ballsy move. That's huge. I feel bad for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I was really looking forward to in the event Kawhi went to the Clippers to Kawhi getting to play with Shea. That would have been a lot of fun. Um, but our Canadian friend will now go be the best point guard on the or Oklahoma City Thunder. And of course, Kawhi Leonard is signing with the Clippers as well. I think it's four years, 141, as it typically would be. The max that you can sign with another team when you're moving teams in free agency. That, uh, 
That hurts, man. It hurts. The Raptors, obviously, I thought were very much in the running, and I think most people's confidence was pretty high. I think going into the offseason after winning the title, people were feeling pretty good, as they should. The Raptors just won the title. You're supposed to have bravado and confidence. Um, the Lakers fans who had that same bravado and confidence, I think, are the ones who uh, I'm really laughing at here. That's fun. He didn't go to the Lakers. That's good. The Raptors, though, obviously are in a tougher spot here. They don't have Kawhi going forward. Kawhi's going to be on the Clippers. We'll get to that in a sec, but let's get to the Raptors' ramifications here first. So, yeah, it's a bummer. Kawhi's no longer on the Raptors. That sucks. He is the guy who unlocks championship potential for you. He is a top three, if not top one player in the NBA, and having him on your team means you're always going to be in the running, and there was the potential if the Raptors kept him especially yesterday when Chris Carter, who apparently was the woge of this entire situation, apparently he Kawhi was not interested in a one- or two-year deal. And you could have taken that multiple ways. You could have said, hey, that's not good for the Raptors because, and maybe in hindsight, that should have been taken as, hey, that's not good for the Raptors because the Raptors' main pitch was, we'll run it back next year and then figure things out. There was less certainty beyond next season. They would have been a very good team next year. They would have been probably the, the favorites to go in to win, a t- win the title again, considering the East is not particularly strong and maybe the top teams got a little bit worse so that was the pitch for the Raptors probably and if the report was that he didn't want a short-term deal you could have taken that to say hey maybe that's not good for the Raptors at the same time a long-term deal with, with Toronto would have been the most expensive deal he could have signed and I guess we've proven with Kawhi turning down both the Supermax with the Spurs and then the five-year 190 with the Raptors that Kawhi just doesn't really give a damn about the money and I guess he shouldn't. Like, he's fine. He's going to be okay. And so I, I guess that was that, that's probably the lesson of this thing is to never assume Kawhi Leonard cares about money ever again. So I, I guess people yesterday when that came down, people were taking it either way. It could have been a good thing for the Raptors. could have been a bad thing. I was feeling confident because of the fact that Kawhi spent like two full days in Toronto. That felt like a good sign. It felt like maybe it was sort of moving towards something. The plane watch yesterday, while ridiculous, was pretty fun because there was all the, the, you know, the, the people on there, the air traffic controllers or whatever, who were getting out there and saying like, oh, the plane is too light. It's flying at too high an altitude and it's moving too fast to have anybody on it. This is impossible. Obviously, all ridiculous conjecture, but part of the fun of the whole chase this week, and I'm going to miss that element of it to to some extent. Um, And there was the rumor that Kawhi was still in Toronto and that maybe the flight was going to San Diego and was picking people up, and then some weirdo snapped a picture of Kawhi in a San Diego convenience store. I don't know. It was all very bizarre, and I didn't really know how to feel about it. I didn't think the Clippers were in it, though. I really thought the Clippers were the team that offered the least, and obviously they changed that drastically by trading for Paul George, and I'm happy for Clippers fans. That's really awesome that they got him. And Woj reported this morning that the Raptors were also in conversations with the Thunder to try to get Paul George, uh, I guess as a means of convincing Kawhi was going to stay. I guess Kawhi probably took those concerns about the Raptors' future to heart, and that's fair. You know, that's a lot of uncertainty to say, hey, we're going to go try to chase this guy in 2021 or whatever it is. The Raptors didn't have a lot to trade. They'd certainly not have a Shea Gildas Alexander and a bunch of first-round picks to trade. And so I get it. It's I get, I get why the Clippers deal was right, and I get why the, the move makes sense for Kawhi. The Raptors, it sounds like, according to Woj, the Thunder were trying to push Russell Westbrook on the Raptors as well in this trade. And to me, this reads a little bit fishy and reads more like a leverage play than anything, just because... Okay, so the, apparently the Thunder wanted Pascal Siakam in this package. I think if you're getting Paul George and convincing Kawhi Leonard to stay, as much as I love Pascal Siakam, you probably do that in a straight-up deal. But it can't be a straight-up deal because it is 
the, the salary at play here is so astronomical. And Pascal still makes a rookie contract. There would have been so much at play. So many pieces would have had to move. I'm guessing you're moving Norm and Serge and whatever else. And when Russell Westbrook game gets like when Russell Westbrook's name gets thrown into this thing, he throws the whole thing out of whack and makes it just kind of an impossibility because he makes so much money. That's like seventy million dollars you're trying to move if you're the Thunder trying to move both Russell and Paul George. And there's just no way the Raptors could have feasibly come around with that kind of matching without totally gutting the roster. Obviously, you fill the roster around it, but like you would not have been able to hang on to probably Gasol or Lowry or maybe both. Like you're definitely trading Surge. It's just a lot there. Fred probably goes like there's. It just it seems like a lot. And if there weren't assurances that getting Paul George was going to be enough to keep Kawhi around, then I guess, you know, that, that's probably a smart thing. The Raptors didn't do that. Uh, and I just, it doesn't feel like a very realistic trade offer from the Thunder. It sounds to me like more of a way to get more out of the Clippers because that felt like the place it was going to, you know, sort of be sent, where George was going to be sent to the whole time. So credit to Masai for getting in on that. But, you know, just, they just didn't quite have the juice compared to what the Clippers had. And I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not upset about it. Let me put it that way. I'm glad that Russell Westbrook's contract is not now on the Raptors. And then I don't have to watch Russell Westbrook and root for him to bring success to my team. I like, well, I like watching Russell Westbrook be good and do fun things in a vacuum. Uh, if my team's success and my happiness are tied to it, then I'm a little less thrilled about it. But, but back to the Raptors. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Obviously, now they're in a tough spot. They don't have Kawhi in their team. They lose Danny Green as well, who signed with the Lakers, two years, $30 million. Congrats to Danny Green on that. Get the bag, dude. I'm, I'm glad he went there. Um, hopefully, he gets a chance to be on a very good team again. And I'm glad he didn't go to the very disgusting Mavericks as much as the Lakers are uh, are bothersome. The Mavericks are kind of a gross organization top to bottom. So I'm glad Danny Green's going to the Lakers. That's cool. It's too bad he's gone. I think maybe paying him $15 million, if it's that, if that's what it would have taken for the Raptors to keep him, I think that's probably a bit of an overpay for Danny Green. And I don't think the Raptors are going to be too upset that they're not paying 32- and 33-year-old Danny Green that money. Um, obviously, it would have been nice to have him around, and it would have been nice to sort of soften the blow if Kawhi left, but I kind of felt like the only way Danny Green was ever coming back was on like a very short, lucrative deal. The Raptors say goodbye to caring about paying high tax payments, and they bring back Kawhi, and they bring back Danny Green on like a J.J. Redick-style deal. That was kind of the only way I really envisioned that happening because the Raptors have ready-made replacements in place. I mean, they're paying Norm Powell for the next three seasons, $10 bucks a year. Norm Powell, I think, you know, obviously mixed re- returns on him in that contract so far. Last year was really bad before the contract even kicked in. This year was a little more promising. There were some nice times during the season where he really popped off the bench. Obviously, anytime the Raptors play the Bucks in the postseason, he can be counted on to vanquish the Bucks. But um, I, I think there's enough there with Norm. We've seen enough that you can at least pencil him in to be the starting two. And whether he finishes games in crunch time or whether that becomes Fred Van Vliet's domain, we'll see. But that is sort of, yeah, that, 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 it's... It's an understandable move to move on from Danny Green because you have Norm there, is what I'm trying to say. So basically, the Raptors go into next season with a pretty established top six, I think you would say. Like, Lowry, Fred, Norm is your backcourt trio right now. 
and then you have OG Ananobi who's coming back. I guess this is a seven because OG wasn't really part of the playoff rotation, so we kind of fell out of my mind a little bit. So OG's there. Uh, will probably be the starting three again, get that starting job back. You'll pair him with Pascal Siakam in what should be a delightful defensive combination. And then you'll have Marcus All and Serge Ibaka continue to do the platoon center duties. Maybe they play around a little bit with going Siakam at the three, slide in Siakam, Ibaka, Gasol in the big lineups. All that's on the table. There's been a little bit of talk, I think, from people saying, you know, okay, now is the time to trade the people on the roster or whatever. Actually, before we get to that, first of all, let's address just, like, the disappointment of Kawhi leaving. Yes, it sucks. But at the same time, they just won the title, man. Like, I'm wearing a shirt right now that has a Larry Larry OB trophy designed by all the different Raptors logos on it. Like, that's what I'm wearing right now because the Raptors are title winners. They are the champions. And... Kawhi leaving doesn't change that. Kawhi is the reason that happened. And I think, yes, it's going to take some time to overcome just like the the gut punch of losing Kawhi and losing what looked like could have been a really, really promising future. If you keep Kawhi and Siakam together, who knows what happens. But I just, I just would hope that people will still revere Kawhi in these parts, man. I, I don't really think most people are going to be all sour grapey about it. This is not nearly the same as, like, Chris Bosh leaving or Vince Carter talking his way to town and stopping dunking and all that stuff. Like, Kawhi won a title. He did exactly what the Raptors brought him here to do. He, Kawhi could have approached this year as sort of a self-preservation year. He really could have. He could have come in and said, all right, I'm going to take it easy because I'm not going to be here long term. I, I know I want to go to the Clippers. I know I want to go home back to L.A. And that easily could have been what Kawhi did. Instead, you know, he played his ass off. He, like, played injured in the in the playoffs, in the conference finals and the finals for the Raptors with a bum leg, knowing free agency was coming, knowing his health has been a concern in the past, and I think that should be commended, and I think that is ultimately the reason why Kawhi is going to go down as a legend of the Raptors, and the one season he played here puts him in the top two or three of all-time Raptors. I think probably two, like, behind Kyle, just because of what he did in this short time. It was such a wonderful and unique ride, and I really think this title run is going to go down as something a little bit more special than a lot of other runs, because it was so unique and so singular, and it just happened the entire thing built over the course of a year. And obviously, if you factor in the lead-up for the Raptors, this becomes a six-year journey, right, where you start and you trade trade Rudy Gay, and you have that great 2013-14 season, and everything since then has built towards what the Raptors were when they traded for Kawhi Leonard, and all of the baggage of that run and the losses to LeBron and everything there, all of that built to the point where the Raptors felt like they needed to make something, make a big move and and trade for Kawhi. And obviously that culminates the story, right? Like having Kawhi for this season, winning the title culminates that six-year run. And I think we'll be telling people not just about that one season where Kawhi won the title, but this six-year run until we're all suffering heat death. Like, it's just never going to go away. And this season, because it was so singular, because the Marcus Saul trade happened, because it was so many guys who had lost a team to, to the, been Warriors food for the last half decade, along with a bunch of guys on the Raptors who had been LeBron food for the last half decade, for them to come together in one season and figure it out. Like, it was not easy, man. It was not an easy thing to do to figure this thing out. And they did it. And it's it's going to go down as a really, really memorable title. These titles, yeah, it's not going on a dynastic run. And like you're not going to talk about this Raptors team as one of the greatest in the history of the NBA, but you will talk about them in the context of teams like the 04 Pistons or the 2011 Mavs 
teams that won singular titles that they're they're outliers, right? And being an outlier is really special. It's really cool over the course of the NBA. So many teams right now in the NBA don't know it right now, but they're just never, ever going to win a title. It's just, it's really hard to do. Acquiring the talent that's necessary to do so is impossible, and there are so many built-in disadvantages from geography to the draft, whatever it is, to the difficulty in hanging on to superstars once you get them. It's, it's just, it's so hard to win a title. And the Raptors did the hardest thing there is to do, which is win a title in one season. You have one season to get it right. Because Kawhi, I think if they lose, it's not even a question. Kawhi's gone. They had one season to figure it out, and they did it. And the story of this season is, is going to be told forever. And every kid you see, my mom texted me this morning, thrilled, like, just just thrilled to, to have had this season happen. She said to me exactly, the disappointment of Kawhi leaving is never going to it's just dwarfed by the joy of seeing the Raptors win the title and the joy of people coming together for that game six win over the Bucks or game seven against the Sixers or the finals and just sort of the pandemonium it brought upon the city. And that's never going away. And Kawhi brought that. Kawhi made that happen. It sucks, I know. It's a bummer to, to think about the fact that he's just not going to be on the Raptors anymore and the Raptors are not going to win a title next season, uh, barring some crazy shit. But... It's. I can't put into words how special this season was, man. And Kawhi made it happen, so I think Kawhi should go down. It's an all-time legend. Raptors fans, I mean, I'm pretty sure when Kawhi comes to Toronto with the Clippers for the first time, anytime he comes to Toronto for the rest of the time, he's going to be just showered in applause. But the first time when he gets his ring, that's going to bring the house down, man, and it should because Kawhi did everything. He didn't have to play the way he did. He didn't have to play on that bum leg in the conference finals or the finals, but he did. And the Raptors are champions because of it, and you can never take that away. Kyle Lowry, the Sports Illustrated with Kyle Lowry holding the Larry OB is on my table right now. That's never going away. That's going to be on my table for literally ever. And I love Kyle Lowry. He is not winning a title without Kawhi Leonard. So... It sucks, but I think people can kind of... I think in time it'll sort of heal, and this season will become that much more romanticized, I think. And I think it'll become something the Raptors fans cherish forever, obviously. It's a title. like It's, it's really hard to do. And there are a lot of teams out there... The Raptors were one of these teams. Like, there are a lot of teams out there that I think you can sort of circle and say, that team's never going to win a title. Like, if you can circle, like, the Memphis Grizzlies and say, yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies are never going to win a title. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think the Orlando Magic are ever going to win a title. I don't think the Washington Wizards are ever going to win another title. I know they won one in the 70s. But, like, there are teams you can circle and say, that just doesn't feel like a team that can win a title. And obviously things change. The Warriors might have been one of those teams as well before things turned around. But the number of things that have to happen and go right for that to happen is so, so... Like, the list is so deep. It's so hard to make that happen. And so, for the Raptors who were a team for the longest time that had no title energy. There's no title energy on the Jose Calderon, Andrea Bargnani, Chris P- Chris Bosh Raptors. That t- that's, that's a title energy team. There's no title energy on a team that has, like, Raptor logos on the front. Like, this was never supposed to happen to this franchise. And, you know, you make your peace with it, and if you don't like that, maybe you're not a basketball fan, but this team proved that it is possible this season, and... Masai Ujiri proved that it's possible. 
And man, I, I kind of trust Masai going forward here to figure this out. Speaking of which, so let's get back to what this means for the Raptors for next season. I think that there's been a bit of there's been a bit of call early on in the wake of this news, whatever it is, 12 hours out from it, suggesting that maybe the Raptors should start a teardown here. I think that is ludicrous. I don't think you can do that. First of all, I think there's like the sentimentality of it all, right? Like you can't go and move on from Serge Ibaka or Norm Powell because of his contract or Kyle Lowry because he makes a lot of money as an expiring just because Kawhi left. You winning the title gives you runway to take some time with this and figure it out and run it back next season. And honestly, running it back next season sounds delightful to me because that team will not have any expectations. I'm sure there will be some people who overreact and overcorrect and say that team's not going to make the playoffs, but it will. It'll be a playoff team. It'll be the third or fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. I'm pretty convinced of that. You'll have Kyle Lowry. You'll have Norm, Serge, Fred, Pascal, Gasol, whatever Masai can do on the margins here. Maybe some run for like Dewan Hernandez. Maybe Malcolm Miller gets more into the into the action after coming back from being hurt all last season or, or for a big chunk of last season. Like there's stuff the Raptors can do here. They can't sign any free agents really. They have the exceptions, but they can't sign anyone really because they you know they, they, there's no big free agents left on the market. Number one and number two, like there's just not that much in the way of attractive guys out there. And I'm sure the Lakers will scoop all those guys up now. <laughs> Um, but there are things the Raptors can do here. There's things they can you know, do on the margins to bring guys in. And I think the, the, the team that they'll run back, considering the, the fall off of the, the Celtics and considering that the Nets are still going to be a year away and the Sixers maybe sort of got the same or a little bit better, but maybe a little bit worse as well. And the Bucks lost Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon and don't seem like they're going to be quite as potent next season. Like you can talk yourself into the Raptors being a team that has home court in the first round. And it's going to be low expectations, and it's going to be fun. Kyle Lowry walking around with a ring on his finger as a champion for a year, as a defending champion for a year, getting back the reins of the offense a little bit. Maybe we see one last swan song for Kyle Lowry before the real sort of downturn of his career. Maybe he goes out and averages 19 a game. Maybe he plays way too hard and way too much and gets hurt, whatever. That would suck. I don't think that'll happen. I think the Raptors have enough to sort of keep him healthy or whatever, but... Getting to watch Pascal Siakam move into whatever the next phase of his career is, whether it's he stays the same as he was last year and sticks around a top 25 or so player, or he continues to add to his offensive game, which I think is the more likely of the two options. Maybe he can flirt with All-NBA, be an All-Star. I think with Kawhi going out west, there's definitely an All-Star spot open there, and I think Pascal has an inside track for one of them in the East this season for sure. I think Marc Gasol, he's really fun. He, he throws good passes. He sets fun screens. He dances around. He's a blast to watch. This is going to be a low stakes and fun season. It's going to be, I think, a lot like the 2013-14 season where there were no expectations and every win just felt like a treat and gravy and it was fun and it was just, you don't have to worry about the, the larger implications because this era is coming to an end soon. And I mean, two years ago when the Raptors brought back Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, they set themselves up for a three-year run at it. Maybe you win a title in one of those three years. You run it back with Kyle and DeMar and Serge, and hopefully you get lucky one year. Hopefully LeBron goes west. And those things happened, and the Raptors got super lucky, and Kawhi Leonard became available for DeMar DeRozan and Yaka Pertle and Keldon Johnson, who became the pick that the, the Sixers took with a 29th over, or the, the Spurs took with a 29th overall pick. And they won a title a year early. Like, they had three years to do it. They won it in year two. This year can be gravy. 
And winning the title takes away all the stakes and the takes away the pressure and the ticking time bomb that is being a team with a win curve in the NBA. The win curve is, throw that out the window, man. This season can be about fun. It can be about watching a team of olds defend their title, probably futilely, but they'll get to defend it and it'll be fun and it'll be just a really, I think, likable team. Like, what's more likable than the team that wins the title with a bunch of old guys who loses its best player but still comes out? Like, that team is going to play hard, dude. Fred, Kyle, Pascal, like, that team is going to play so hard. It's still going to be really good on defense because you got Gasol directing things. you got Siakam, who I think has a chance at all defense next season. You have Kyle Lowry. We know what he's about. Norm Powell is good at defense. There's still no bad defenders on this team. They lost two good ones, but there's still no bad ones. And so it's going to be a blast next year. So the people who are calling for a teardown, I think it's a little premature here. It's not necessary, really. And I think to not have Kyle or Serge or Gasol at the ring ceremony on day one would be pretty ghoulish and something that I don't even think Masai Ujiri, who's shrewd and ruthless, yes, but I don't think he's a ghoul. He's not going to do that and deprive the fans of getting to like watch Kyle Lowry get a ring with the banner being hung up. Like I just I don't see that happening. I don't think... There's a pressure for Masai to do anything here. And also, if you just ride it out here, just let things play out next season and you see how they go, you have $90 million coming off the books next season. $90 million is a lot of money. And no, it's not a great free agent class, but you can bank some of that and carry it forward if you want to. The Raptors are going to have their picks back. We know what the Raptors do with picks. It probably won't be a bottom five pick in the first round again this year. It'll probably be something closer to 20. Maybe the Raptors can do something with that. They've done it before with Pascal and OG and DeLon Wright. They've, and obviously Norman Fred well past the first round. Maybe Dewan Hernandez pops this season. We don't know. And so there's reason to be optimistic about what the future holds because the, it's just kind of a blank slate after next season. I, I would imagine with Kawhi leaving... They'll probably just give Pascal Siakam the max extension or something close to it right now. Maybe they'll want to see another year of him. I'm not sure, but maybe you just lock that certainty in and you know exactly what you're working with next summer. And then 2021 is a really deep free agent class with not just Giannis, who I'm sure the Raptors are going to be very much after, but there is the the whole matter of, you know, there's a bunch of other free agents as well. And the Raptors now are a team that can throw titles on the table and say, hey, look at us. We won the title. Come play for us. Um, it's... It's pretty exciting. I don't know. Matt Thomas is coming around. We get to watch Matt Thomas bomb threes next season. That's fun. <laughs> we'll get to see Chris Boucher maybe get some extra run here. Maybe he plays a little power forward with some forward minutes still up for grabs. Like, there are going to be reasons to watch this team next season and then not have to worry too much because, like, there should be no worries for five years at least. The Raptors won a title, man. I still haven't even gotten my finals gear. Like, that's going to be a whole new wave of joy when that stuff comes in. NBA.com, figure this shit out. Um... Like, there's no need... And also, the other thing, too, is people suggest, like, oh, yeah, the Raptors can get some assets back. Kyle Lowry's an expiring $35 million point guard at age 33. You're not getting much back for him. Marc Gasol is 34 at $26 million. You're not getting anything back for that. It's just cap relief. The cap relief you're going to get anyway at the end of the season. There's no need to rush this. It can be a patient, calm offseason here for the Raptors. Maybe they make some ads on the margins. Blake Murphy ran through a lot of the remaining free agents. And look, it's not like a great class or anything like that. It is kind of a, you know, like the guys who are available right now, obviously most of the guys have signed. There's still some out there that are, you know, they're, they're, they're available, but like not no one particularly interesting. The Raptors have their mid-level exception to work with. If they want to go out and sign someone like uh, Marcus Morris, perhaps, maybe they can get something like that done. But um, yeah, it's not a particularly deep class. There's Nikola Miritich, not Nikola Miritich, Jermichael Green's out there, Miritich is gone. 
Maybe they go do some weird weird shit and get DeMarcus Cousins. I don't know. That probably doesn't happen either. But, like, there are guys out there. There are guys who are UFAs on the market who they can bring in. Bring back Amir Johnson and Vince Carter. Oh, my God. Bring back Amir Johnson and Vince fucking Carter. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay, that's what I want to happen this summer. Bring back Amir and Vince, and then we're done. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I... Uh, So yeah, that's what we're talking about. It's not going to be much in the way of off-season stuff this summer, right? It's going to be chill, but the Raptors don't have to worry about it. They're going to run it back. It'll be they should run it back. I don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe Masai feels urgency to you know change this thing around, but I don't think that's the case. I think he'll be patient here because like you just want a title, you can afford to be calm. And, and Masai Ujiri is nothing if not patient, right? So this team will be good. It'll be fine. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of all I got on this today. It's it's a lot to take in, man. It sucks. It, it it's it's a big loss. And it's a lot to sort of digest, and we'll get into it, of course, over the course of the summer. There's plenty of stuff that we can talk about, but I, yeah, I mean, just appreciate what it was, man. Appreciate this run for what it was. Buy all this finals gear you can. Appreciate Kawhi. Try to find discount Kawhi jerseys, because that shit's never going out of style. Sign Vince, sign Amir, trade for Damar. <laughs> Bring just sentimental summer, that's all I want. Um... Yeah, I, I think, you know, next season doesn't have to be... It's going to be chill, and that's, I think, okay. It's not going to be... Obviously, the Raptors aren't going on a crazy title run, and if people want to, you know, you know, disparage the Raptors because they're the shortest ever title window team, guess what? They took advantage of that one window and won the fucking title. So I don't think you need to be that upset about it, and they made good on it, and that's just never going away. It's never, ever going away. And I'm happy for the Clippers. I'm happy for Clippers fans. Clippers fans are nice. Shouts to Robert Flom and Lucas Han, Lewis Keen. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Glad you guys get to watch Kawhi Leonard. He's a treat, man. He's so, so good. Such a blast to watch. And I, I that Clippers team is going to be great. Paul George and Kawhi is terrifying. They're going to be amazing on defense, obviously. It's going to be really great, and they're going to punk the Lakers. That's going to be a treat, too. Uh, I just... It sets up a really fun season in the NBA next year. I mean, as much as the Lakers are odious, they're going to be fun to watch with AD and whatever they put around that team with LeBron. The, the Clippers are going to be awesome. The Jazz are going to be awesome. The Nuggets are going to be awesome. I don't think the Clippers are like... Maybe they should be just complete total favorites to win the title. But that's cool. The Clippers, man. The LA Clippers. That like it's, that's, that's another one of those teams where it's like, that team's never going to win a title. They're the Clippers. They share a building with the Lakers. Of course they're never going to win a title. And that's cool that they get that shot now. And I hope they appreciate Kawhi for everything he is, because, man, he's a blast. And I'm, I'm happy for Kawhi. I, I hope he finds happiness. I hope he's thrilled with his new surroundings and forever will be thankful to Kawhi Leonard for what he did for the Toronto Raptors. 2018-19, man. It was a year. It was, it was a damn year. Less than 365 days between the Leonard trade and this happening. And look at all the stuff that happened in there. And... Just hang on to it as best you can and use it to become a, like a, more of a fan going forward, right? Like, this doesn't have to be the end. There are lots of things to happen, lots of ups and downs. And Raptors fans, I think, you know, there are so many new Raptors fans. And I feel bad, I think, mostly for the new Raptors fans, like kids who really sort of caught on with Kawhi. And they're going to be like, why is Kawhi gone? That sucks. But the, the, the itch is there. Kawhi leaving is not going to take out the itch to play basketball or be a basketball fan. And the Raptors... I think have enough pedigree here. Masai, like, trust Masai, dude. Masai knows what the hell he's doing. 
And I don't think because Kawhi left that means he's going to go rescind whatever he said a couple weeks ago when he said that he wants to be here and turn this thing into a national or international brand. I don't think that's going anywhere. Maybe it will. Maybe maybe Masai in a couple years feels disenchanted because Kawhi left and goes elsewhere. But even if that's the case, which I don't think will happen, but even if that's the case, the Raptors are champions, man. It's the champions. You can throw that at people's face all the time for the next year, two years if you want, five years. Who gives a shit? The Raptors won the title. Kawhi got them that, and I, uh, I'm i talking in circles now. So I think I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thank you to all the new listeners who have maybe turned tuned in for this one. Um, and uh, if, if you're a Raptors fan, it's a bummer, but there's a lot to be excited about. Think about Pascal Siakam with a 28% usage rate next year. That's going to be a blast. Maybe 30. It'll. I'm sure there will be speed bumps. There will be hiccups. But he did enough in the postseason this year to make me believe that that dude's special. And this fan base is special. This team is special. This front office is special. Beyond Masai, Bobby Webster, everyone in that front office, they know what the hell they're doing. And so it's, this isn't some team losing its future and not having any sort of direction. This isn't the Orlando Magic when they traded Dwight Howard. This is a team that knows what it's doing, knows what it wants, knows exactly what its philosophy is, is patient, is willing to make bold moves. That's the kind of front office you should want to root for and, and put your trust in because... I mean, we trusted him to the point of a title, and I, there's no reason to have that trust go anywhere now. They did their very best. Like, you cannot be upset with the pitch the Raptors put Kawhi's way. They did everything they could. They weren't home, and that's fine. And, and I'm happy Kawhi gets to go home and be happy and, and do his thing. He's always, his biggest moments, unless something crazy happens with the Clippers and they go on some run of winning five, six titles, but... So far, his biggest moments of his career are in a Raptors uniform. That buzzer beater, he's in a Raptors uniform. And that shit is going to be played until we're all dead. The dunk on Giannis in Game 6 against the Bucks, Lifting the Finals MVP trophy again. All of these things are done in a Raptors uniform. And Kawhi is forever tied to this franchise. And I think there will be plenty of celebration of Kawhi to go, going forward just, just for this one year. Whether it's... I don't know about jersey retirement and stuff like that. Maybe the one year is not enough to warrant that, but he'll be honored for sure. He will be a hero in the city forever. He'll probably still eat free, even though he didn't sign here in the city forever. And I, uh, I'm i just thankful to Kawhi Leonard, man, and happy for Clippers fans. Very happy that the Lakers missed out. Extremely uh, shot and freudy about the dumb idiot insiders on Lakers Reddit. That I was totally right about, and I'm glad I was right about, because it would have been miserable if I wasn't Arye Abraham, or whatever the hell. <laughs> oh, Chris Broussard. There's so many people wrong about this. That's the great thing, too. So many people wrong who deserve to be wrong and are wrong all the time. Anyway, I'm going to stop slandering people. I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Please, it's very appreciated. And we will have you covered all summer. Like, there's going to be no shortage of stuff coming this summer. Uh, like, we'll review the season, I'm sure, in great d- detail and have a lot of fun reflecting upon this past season. We will, you know, we'll take some time to, to, to bask in it and make sure that we appreciate every single second of it. We will obviously tee up next season. I think when August comes around, this might turn into, like, locked on... Team Canada as they go to the FIBA World Championships. We'll get it deep into that as well. Um, and because it's kind of a downtime in the schedule, I think it kind of does it kind of affords us a little freedom there to go Team Canada for a little while. 
Um, so expect that. I'm not going anywhere. I probably will pare it down to like three episodes a week after this just because there's not much else to get into. But uh, anytime the Raptors make a signing, anytime they do something in the offseason, we'll have like a Summer League update as well. Katie Heindel's down at Summer League. We'll probably check in with her at some point next week. And so plenty of stuff to come on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I would imagine Serge Ibaka is going to do some more How Hungry Are You this summer. Serge Ibaka is a champion. That's so cool too, man. And he's still on the Raptors. That remains the best. Serge rules. Um, all right. I've teased ending this thing like four times. I'm actually going to end it now. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Himalaya. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Please buy We the Champs, which uh, all of a sudden becomes a book about a very singular and unique season, and that's pretty cool. Um, so if you want to find a way to, to commemorate the title by buying something, We the Champs by myself and Alex Wong is the place to go. Uh, Indigo, Amazon, you can buy it in stores, Indigo, Kohl's, Costco, a whole bunch of places where you buy books. Um, and thank you so much. This was a blast. This has been the best season I've ever had professionally covering the team, uh, the most fun, and Kawhi is the reason for it. And it's not going anywhere because next season is going to be a blast as well. All right, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.